Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. Guys, they say never meet your heroes. That's bullshit. This is one of my heroes, somebody that's been a mentor to me. He doesn't even know it since 2014 when he won the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. That changed my life. Um, and you've been a mentor to me. And I just want to say thank you, Mr. Dave. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And thank you so much. What an honor it was. I know Vander Holyfield and I both won the Ellis Island Medal of Honor for Sports and Entertainment. Uh, both of us have our families came over to Ellis Island. Both of us feel America is the greatest country in the world with the options, opportunities, and touches of favor like nowhere else in history, let alone in the world. So uh, anyone that acknowledges that and the coming off Memorial Day for all of those people that are of service and it's the least that I can do uh, to be of service to others uh, as others have been of service to me. Now, you have literally changed my life and saved my life. Um, and like I said, I've been following you ever since 2014. And um, by the way, the episode with Ed yesterday, amazing. Yes. I mean, guys, if you get a chance to check out the podcast with Ed Milet, you need to check it out. Life changing. I agree. I'm blessed. You know, I have very few people. I've done over 1,200 episodes, not counting all the shows that I've done because uh, we're in the thousands when you count in the Instagram lives and TikToks and the Office Hour Digital and the Office Hour TV shows. But the playbook has about 1,200 episodes. And Ed is one of the few people that have been on the show twice. And it's encouraging me to bring some people back from the early days because that probably was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And uh, I love Ed and without, you know, he inspired me to start my podcast. So, and I know you're on my friend Zach's podcast coming up, yeah. right? Oh yeah. I can't wait for that to, to be released. And then once again, another great interview. And I'm looking forward to sharing, as I said, our wisdom together, Richard, and what you do. I want to thank you to carry forward, uh, to empower others, to empower others as it is my mission in life to do so. You are an aspect of that mission and it, value value resource to so many well i love it you know and i seen you had a great time in puerto rico so i've seen the pictures with seth and all that so you know um are, the people that watch this show are veterans and entrepreneurs. they're you know they're entrepreneurs and a lot of us when we get out of the military um no matter what age we get out we're starting with nothing again we're starting all over and you are the perfect epitome of a man that's seen it all done it all and then lost it all and got it all back and now you're on a mission to change to make a billion people happy so please tell us a little bit about your story yeah so my mission is to empower over a billion people so i never limit myself there you I go living in an infinity of a world but my journey is one of three worlds the first world is a world of not enough i grew up with a single mom six kids who gave us everything she could just so we could eat. She worked two jobs. One is a second grade teacher in Akron, Ohio, packed our dinner in a paper bag and put us into a country squire station wagon and then filled up turnstiles at uh, convenience stores like 7-Eleven and others with greeting cards in those turnstiles just so we could eat. We had food stamps at times in other uh, areas uh, though we were full of love and my siblings are extraordinary individuals. And 
I unfortunately, though, was born into the world of not enough. I was constantly looking at others and asking, why did they get that? Why am I being punished? What, what did I do for my fi father to leave, you know, when I was five years old? What did I do to be abused as a nine-year-old? What did I do? Why am I a victim? And uh, my way out, my mom's way out for me was education. My way out was uh, athletics. Um, now, she knew me better than I did as far as my genetic and energetic inheritance. So uh, as a secondary backup, academics would uh, serve me well as I realized and I played football in college that uh, I had reached close to my potential and uh, making millions of dollars to buy my mom a house and a car would probably be more well-suited with my mom's favorite piece of advice, which was doctor, lawyer, or failure. So uh, I ended up graduating law school, keeping my options open. I worked in the internet in 1992, uh, web 1.0, and nine months out of law school, despite not only my mom, but Justice Scalia telling me that the internet was a fad, that people will never do research on the internet. You needed books. Uh, nine months out of law school, I was a millionaire, bought my mom that house in the car, and that transitioned me into a different world. Not the world of not enough, where I was a victim, but a world that was equally scarce and equally dangerous. I call it the world of just enough. Uh, and the world of just enough was for me. I lived in a zero-sum world, which is a scarce world, where I would give to receive. Uh, that money in that world buys love and happiness. So when you're unhappy, you buy more things. If you're still unhappy, you buy different things. If you're still unhappy, you buy things to impress people. If you're still unhappy, you buy things to impress people you don't like. Uh, but nonetheless, you buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. And everything I did in this world, I you know, was in an exit of my business, $3.4 billion in 1995. I raised hundreds of millions of dollars on Sand Hill Road in the Silicon Valley. But by the time I'm 30, I'm married to my dream girl from the fourth grade. I have everything I ever dreamed of. I uh, lived, you know, could buy whatever I wanted. I ran Samsung's uh, phone division at 30 years old. But here's the thing. I was empty. I, I, I was not happy at all. And I uh, then became CEO of the world's most notable sports agency place called Lee Steinberg mm -hmm. uh, Sports and Entertainment. They made the movie Jerry Maguire about our firm. And yet I was convinced money buys love and happiness. But in uh, 2006, uh, it all came uh, to an end. 2008, I claimed bankruptcy. I lost over $100 million. But 2006, my world of just enough came to an end because my dream girl, my wife, uh, as I came home at 5.30 in the morning after lying to her and going to the Grammy Awards with a rapper named Little John, my wife told me she wasn't happy, told me I'd better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become or I'd be dead, but she wasn't going to wait around to watch. And uh, that bottom, that low point of my life uh, forced me uh, to change the way I looked at things. So the things I looked at changed. And despite me losing everything two years later, my mindset, my heart set, and my handset were on a better trajectory in a better place. And so I transitioned from a world of just enough to the world I live in today, the world that allowed me to create abundance again, to give and make a lot of money, to help a lot of people, and to be happy. And I've been that way for 16 years since 2006. 
despite me losing everything over a hundred million dollars, despite going bankrupt, I have evolved into a trajectory, not worried about what was coming my way, but what I was becoming. And this was a major shift in my life. And I inspire and teach other people. I do free Friday trainings for over 22 years. I have groups that I put together to network and to help people. Um, and I love to give my books, my exercises, my guides. And uh, that's why my email's up here. So reach out, david at dmelzer.com. I'll be happy to serve everyone as we serve Richard and his community. So now for, you know, like when I, I got hurt on duty and I was no, no longer Richard Kaufman. And that was the day that I attempted suicide because I didn't know who I was. So, but then I had to figure out, okay, my name, my way is not working anymore. I have to find a better way. So what were some of the initial steps you took to start changing your life? Because thoughts without actions is nothing. So what were some of the things you had to take? Well, first I had to take stock in who I was in those values. And so I came up with four values that I would live by. And the first was gratitude. Gratitude changed and saved my life. Uh, I started to say thank you before I went to bed. And when I woke up, I tried to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything. The second value was forgiveness. Uh, As much as gratitude would give me perspective, forgiveness gave me peace. And I realized that I only had one person to forgive myself. And not only wasn't I giving forgiveness to others, I wasn't forgiving myself because I can't give what I don't have. And the third value that I was going to live by is accountability. I would now ask myself, what am I doing to participate in this perception? And what am I supposed to learn from it? I had lived long enough in the world of just enough of blame, shame, and justification. Those three things, those liabilities will cause us to have anxieties, fears, and even depression that lead us to want to take our own lives. So I now was going to take control of my life by asking myself, what am I doing to participate in this perception? And what am I supposed to learn from it? And then finally, effective communication. Uh, This was a major shift in a paradigm where not only was I looking to see how can I clear the interference? How can I heal the relationships with me and everyone else? I moved to a place where I hated my dad. I hated my best friend. I hated my wife uh, to realize I hated myself and I needed to utilize effective communication to heal those relationships. And the only way I could do that was to develop faith, faith that there was something bigger than me, something of faith that there was an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that I was a resource of, an omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing source that loved me more than my mom loved me. And through this, I developed the ultimate philosophy that I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? And once I developed the four values, now I could create practices in order to effectuate what I wanted, who I can help and who can help me, how best to get that done, prioritizing what it is I want now, not what other people want for me, what's missing or what I don't want. But instead of trying to get more happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, I was happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. I just had to figure out what I was doing with it. So instead of in search of my why, I now was applying my why with that faith and my life would change forever. 
And I went from living in that world of just enough to the world I've lived in the last 16 years of abundance, of infinity, of omniscient, all present, all knowing source, a world of more than enough of everything for everyone. See, no longer do I live in a zero sum game. No longer do I live as a victim. I simply live in a world of abundance, a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, a world of everything for everyone, a value add world, not a zero sum world. And, you know, one thing I really love and appreciate about you is I love that, you know, you live on a very strict schedule. You have a very strict, but, you know, I, I see a lot of successful people, so-called successful people, they don't put in time for their family. And then they end up with the big house, the big pool, the big car, eating dinner alone at the kitchen table. So talk yeah. to us about your schedule and also blocking time for the most important people in your life. Yeah, before you block the time, uh, before you create a schedule, you need to know your non-negotiables. And my number one non-negotiable is actually my health. Uh, I can't give what I don't have. If I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of others. So I spend a minimum of an hour a day on my health when I create that routine or plan. The second is I spend a minimum of a time with my family, non-negotiable, minimums of 30 minutes a day with my wife minimums of 30 minutes a day with my 12 year old son minimum of two minutes a day with my three daughters 23 21 and 18 minimum of one minute a day with my mom to tell her the four things she wants to know every day about her son who's 54 i'm happy mom i'm healthy mom i love you mom and i appreciate you then i go ahead after i have my non-negotiables to spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day on the activities of planning the student of my calendar. So what I do is I change things around. I start my tomorrow today. I have an unwinding routine at 9 p.m. I put my mind, my body, and soul in a position of recovery and access when I pass out so that when I wake up, I plateau to a higher self, to a better self, and utilizing my faith to find that plateau as a baseline to know when I'm not at my best self, at my higher self during the day so that I can utilize the stop, drop, and roll technique to say to myself, hey, this is a need of the ego. This is creating an acceleration in the wrong direction. I have a need to be right. I have a need to be offended, angry, frustrated, anxious, frustrated, depressed, suicidal. I have a need to be separate, inferior, superior, resentful, guilty. All of these things get in my way. They interfere with my potential, my higher self. So I have a strict routine according to my non-negotiables, according to my unwinding routine. See, most people live their life like a tube, food in, food out. They push a boulder all day long to the top of the hill just to have it roll to the bottom of the hill and start over the next day. I teach people through the four values and the five daily practices in order to effectuate time, to utilize productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, to be the most efficient, effective, and statistically successful person that they can be by having a strict routine of non-negotiable health, non-negotiable family, non-negotiable time in order to reconcile the unwinding routine, the activities that we get paid for, the activities we don't get paid for, the activities we have planned, the activities we don't have planned, and even our sleep. And if you do this, I promise you, you will make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun.
And, you know, Ed talks about the, his evening routine and also his morning routine and getting in a cold shower or, or, you know, but he talks about, you know, getting that, that blue light before he goes to bed. So do you agree that your, your nighttime and your morning ritual sets up your whole day? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. So the nighttime allows you to put yourself in a position to recover for the next day. So you have more en energy to execute on, but also to access uh, while your conscious is asleep, your subconscious and unconscious can improve while you sleep. Just like your body recovers, you now can access information. So the nighttime is critical to put yourself in the right position to plateau in the morning. So my routine, uh, again, with the same idea of the right temperature, the right uh, lighting, uh, the right time, the right food, no caffeine, no alcohol, no drugs. But in the morning, I meditate the first 20 minutes to transcend that information and then have a strict usage of time in order to effectuate the most efficient, effective, and statistically successful way to use my time. Remember, each day I'm very pragmatic with my 24 hours, my 1,440 minutes, but it's utilized in a trajectory towards very unrealistic, audacious objectives like empowering over a billion people. But if you looked at my daily activity today, it would be very realistic. You would say, oh yeah, sure. Dave can work out for an hour. Dave can meditate for 20 minutes. Dave can have breakfast family. Dave can do these interviews. He had a podcast with Bob Bush. He can do, yeah, nothing on his calendar today looks very far-fetched. But meanwhile, if you look in the long run at Dave Meltzer's life, it seems like a dream come true in the future. It's impossible when people think about he wants to what change the world by empowering over a billion people to be happy. How's he going to do with that with such a realistic uh, schedule today? Exactly. That's the secret sauce right there. So how do you, cause I, you know, how do you plan on doing that and how can our audience help you achieve that goal? I love that question. And I thank you for asking it. And you're the secret sauce to that mission of mine of empowering over a billion people to be happy. Let me tell you why, because as you stated, I was capable through my ideas and inspiration of saving your life, of empowering you. Yeah. If I can empower a thousand people like you that I know in your lifetime will empower a thousand people that I know in their lifetime will empower a thousand people to be happy, to take them out of depression, anxiety, and fear and suicide and put them into abundance, into happiness. All I need is a thousand Richard Kaufman's in the world to empower a thousand, to empower a thousand, a thousand times a thousand's a million, a million times a thousand's a billion. That's how I'm going to get to over a billion people. That's how I'm going to change the world by creating a collective consciousness of abundance where people make a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, which will make me happy, them happy, and others happy. And if we're all happy, I promise you, it will change the world. So where do we find your book and where do we find your podcast? Well, come to me directly, right? The podcast is everywhere. You can Google my name, David Meltzer. The podcast is called The Playbook. All the books will come out, but I will give you everything for free. Trainings, I will give you my book, my exercises, my guides uh, for being in your community. If they email me, david at dmeltzer.com, I'm of service of value, as you know, and uh, I would be blessed to be able to empower others with the information and help that they need. David at 
dmeltzer.com, first initial, last name, david at dmeltzer.com. If you forget that, just Google David Meltzer. You'll find an extraordinary amount of content that's available from me to you, through me to you, to empower you, to empower others to be happy. Thank you so much, Mr. Meltzer. I call you Mr. Meltzer. I, I respect call me you. Day. <laughs> um, and I just want to say thank you. And guys, if you get a chance, listen to the episode that went, came out yesterday with Mr. Ed Milet. Totally game-changing. And I just want to say thank you and thank your team for setting us up together. You love it, man. Thanks, Richard. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Guys, and remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is up. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.